You're listening to Politics Weekly. To uh, be big underdogs uh, in the race uh, for the uh, the presidency. One of them is uh, joining me today. We can survive all those systems. What's going to happen if you legalize it completely? Politics Weekly is a podcast on politics, news, and principles. Alright everyone, welcome back to Politics Weekly. Uh, So with Tulsi Gabbard's withdrawal from the 2020 uh, race, now only two Democrats uh, remain in the field. Joining me today is one of the first Democrats uh, who announced his candidacy for the White House, uh, former state senator and current uh, 2020 U.S. Senate candidate Richard Ojeda. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Um, so the first question I have is, um, so what got you involved in the first place in the presidential election? What first got you to uh, to running in the U.S. Uh, presidential election? Well, I was running for Congress, uh, and at the end of the congressional race, I was number one out of all 435 congressional races and turning red votes blue. So, you know, we we saw that we had the ability to, you know, convince Republicans to go, hey, listen to this guy. Uh, and, you know, we basically looked at, uh, you know, who we thought was going to, to, to run. And, you know, we felt that we had just as good a shot as, as you know, being able to speak about the things that need to be spoken of. You know, I knew that it was going to be the longest shot on the planet uh, for me to win the presidency. But, you know, I, it was really more along the lines of being able to go out there and speak about the things and, and turn the topic of conversation back to, you know, the important issues, the working class people, the sick, the veterans, the elderly. You know, that's what the conversation needs to, needs to be about. But, of course, you know, most politicians don't want to talk about that. Most politicians don't want to talk about the opioid epidemic that has ripped our communities apart and has killed thousands upon thousands. Actually, more lives lost during the Vietnam War literally every year for the past 40 years. But yet politicians don't want to speak about that because at the end of the day, behind closed doors, politicians are sitting down with Big Pharma and are taking their damn checks. And that's exactly what they're doing, which is why nobody wants to stand up to Big Pharma. But I wanted to bring that to the forefront and make those the topics of conversation where these people are continuing to sell, really, their 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 votes. Uh, you know, and that's exactly what you're doing. Once again, don't tell me that you're going to, uh, you know, fight global warming when you take all the money from big, from big energy. You're lying. You're going to get into office and then you're going to, for four years, you're going to backpedal and make excuses while you can't do anything to stop this, uh, this, this tragedy that we've been going on with, uh, with big energy and doing away with, uh, uh, regulations to protect our environment. Um, so, uh, so if right now it appears as though uh, Joe Biden is poised to win the Democratic 
nomination uh, for president. Um, if you're advising Joe Biden uh, as a former presidential candidate, what do you think is the number one issue Joe Biden should run on? Well, the number one issue Joe Biden should run on, I mean, you know, it, that, that's tough because, you know, ultimately, you know, he needs to focus on the incompetence of, of the things that Donald Trump has done that people need to know about. Uh, I mean, I'm, I, I believe in calling people out for their for their uh, a lack of action or the things that they've done. I mean, when a person stands up and wants to be your leader, but then when you turn around and you realize that as a leader, you have failed miserably, and now all of a sudden you have all the answers to the questions and you want to get reelected, uh, I think you need to you need to call that stuff out. Uh, you know, I, I think there's a lot of things. I don't think you can narrow down to one thing. You know, we need to stop the forever wars. For 20 years we've been at war and we have consistently based consistently sent soldiers home uh, from combat broken and we've done very little uh, to, to, to really make sure that we have a VA system that can handle the growing uh, I mean we're talking about ready to burst at the seams at the a number of people that are coming back are desperately in need of care uh, we need to look at health care in this country that's a major issue too I mean you know We've got people on one side that wants to do away with the Affordable Care Act that will basically, especially now, send, I mean, millions upon millions of people with nothing. You know, it shouldn't be where if a person gets sick and they're not wealthy, well, they're going to die. So, you know, that's a major issue, health care. How do we afford health care in this country? Can we succeed and, 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 and give Medicare for all? You know, I mean, those are things that have to be, you know, sought, sought after and, 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 and looked into. Uh, but like I said, I mean, you know, the, 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 the reasons uh, or there's not one thing in particular that you can really bring up. Uh, but I know that there's a lot of things that we have to do. We've got to figure out how, you know, why do we always bail out the, you know, the, the banks and the, the airlines and things like that? But we don't do nothing to bail out the people. You know, I mean, I believe in this country we need to start getting reconnected to the people at the bottom, you know, because uh, there's, there's got to be more. Uh, you know, the average citizen, the, 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 the middle class is going away. And the poor in this country, you know, it, it's at the point where they just want to basically give you just enough to survive. And, and, and if you want more, we'll come. What do you think it was? Uh, oh, sorry. Um, uh, what do you think was the uh, the uh, biggest achievement of your presidential campaign? Uh, you know, I don't know if I can say so much of it. An achievement of my presidential campaign, uh, other than you know maybe just getting people to talk uh, about some of the things that I was speaking of. You know, I wanted uh, you know we, we've got to start focusing on the jobs of the future, uh, and you know I'm coming from a state that is driven by coal, and coal's not going to be here forever. Natural gas is uh, you know uh, is taking over. Uh, once again, technology has uh, reduced the workforce. We know that. Uh, 
uh, we've got to figure out things, and we need to figure out what the jobs of the future are so that we can start training people for the jobs of the future. But now I like to think that when I was running for office, some of the things that I was proposing, you know, I mean, everybody knows that I was the one that came out and said, I think we ought to put body cameras on lobbyists. And I still believe that to this day. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, uh, a, a, a lobbyist can do more damage to this country than anybody on the face of this earth. Uh, and therefore, we should make them wear cameras so that people can see the, the either see the, 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 the sad tactics that they use or to convince them to stop uh, doing the underhanded tactics that they use. Uh, you know, but that was that was also just talking about the corruption piece and then talking about how, you know, people, we should set things up to stop giving lob, uh, uh, legislators the urge to run straight to being a lobbyist the moment that they are out of office. We know that there's a book, it's, uh, uh, forget what it's called, but it's about, you know, lobbying. Uh, and they basically talk about how, you know, when a person wins a seat in Congress, uh, whether it be the Senate or the House, you know, the, one of the first things that they get is a visit from these organizations that are lobbying groups. And basically what they try to do is they try to, you know, get them to say, hey, you know, if you, uh, when you're done here, you can come work for us. And it's like, you know, you go from 174000 to $2.5 overnight. Uh, you know, and that, that makes a lot of politicians think, hey, I'm going to do whatever I can to keep that group happy so that when I do stop being a politician, I can walk across the street and make, uh, you know, $2.5 right off the bat. And that needs to stop. And that's one of the things that we were talking about trying to stop with, uh, you know, my candidacy. Um, I want to shift a little bit to uh, your uh, current Senate bid. Uh, so first of all, what get uh, what got you to wanting to run for U.S. Senate? Well, you know, I see that you know West Virginia doesn't have a lot of folks that go to Washington D.C. and stand up and fight for them. And right now, we have literally, uh, if you look at the House, uh, which is McKinley, Mooney, and Miller, not one of them has done anything for West Virginia. Uh, has not well, you haven't seen none of them stand up and give a fiery speech to try to help out the people in West Virginia because they're not up there to help out the people of West Virginia, you know, uh, and it's just the way that it is. Uh, but I, I don't think Shelly Moore Capito has stood up for the people of West Virginia. Uh, you know, she's voted against equal pay for men and women multiple times. Uh, you know, she's just another puppet for Donald Trump. And I look at that and I thought, you know what? She deserves to be beat. And then I looked at the people that were going to run. And, you know, my opponents in the primary, uh, you know, one of them absolutely cannot win. And, of course, that's just the way that it is. Rather than, than you know, uh, she run unopposed and then lose in the in the general election, uh, I chose to step in and I'm running against Shedemore Capital. And as far as I'm concerned, I'm not really worried about Um, now, West Virginia is a state that uh, Donald Trump won by over 40 points uh, in 2016. Um, uh, do you have confidence you can flip the tide 
um, and win uh, in a Trump state? How, how do you plan to... Do you, do you think that that could be an obstacle? And if so, how do you plan to overcome well, that? Remember, r- remember, I, I did the impossible. Uh, you know, because Donald Trump did win the state. Uh, by, I, think it was like, I, I think it was like 52 points or something like that. And I, I moved the arrow more than any other person running for Congress out of all 135 votes. And I did that in the reddest district in the country. So even in the reddest district in the country where they said I didn't have a chance, at one point I was actually ahead in the polls until Donald Trump flew down here and campaigned directly against me on two separate events. That right there, you know, but but like I said, I was absolutely uh, doing what nobody had ever thought could be done. And now, when you open the state up to me, so now I'm no longer running in just the third congressional district. I'm running in all the three districts of the state of West Virginia, and I believe that I'm going to do better in the second and far better in the first than I did in the third. So I think that if that's consistent and we're and we're successful in that, then I think we have a good shot at actually beating Shadowmore Capital. Um, now, in the past, you've described yourself as uh, pro-gun. Um, are there any uh, new restrictions you'd be willing to consider in terms of gun look, control? Look, look, I'm, look, I'm, the guy, I'm the guy that did the video uh, 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 lighting up the NRA. And then I'm the guy that did the video where I took the NRA uh, paperwork they that they mailed to my house uh, to, uh, you know, get their endorsement, and I took it to the range and I shot it full of homes. Look, here's the deal. I think that, you know, I, 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 want, I, want, I, I support the Second Amendment. I'm pro-gun, but I'm not pro-stupid. I want to, you know, make it to where people that have mental issues are never allowed authorization to purchase three firearms. I also think that if you have a violent history in your past, then you should not be allowed to purchase and own a handgun. I also think that we should make it to where, you know what, Let's if we increase, you know, everybody, you always hear this where they say, doesn't matter if you ban guns, the crooks are going to get them. Well, okay, I understand that. But how about we open our jails and we let out all of these people that are sitting in those jails that are there for marijuana charges. Let them out. Get out of here. So now they're gone. Now you've got all kinds of free space in those prisons. And you know what you can do with those? If you catch people that are connected to gangs, I don't care what type of game, white supremacist, whether blood, I don't care what it is. You can you catch these folks and they got guns, we got plenty of empty space in these prisons to put these guys in there. And make no mistake about it. If the if the if the sentences are severe for people with guns that are not authorized access to them, Make no mistake about it. They'll find something else. They, I'm, they may be out there throwing rocks at each other, but they're not going to be shooting each other. Now, in 2016, you described yourself as, quote, pro-life with exceptions, unquote. Uh, do, do you yep. still agree with that uh, assessment? Well, let me tell you this. You know, I think everybody, nobody wants death. Nobody wants death. So that whole pro-life label, you know, that was basically taken by the, by the, by the, you know, the, the anti-abortion folks. 
Look, let me tell you something. This is what I want, and I believe I guarantee you I can reduce abortion in this country. You know, Colorado made IUDs free, which reduced their abortion rate by 50%. How can we provide free access to everybody? Let them out. Make sure that everybody can get access. Put them in the daggone schools. I don't care. Give everybody free access to contraceptives, and that's going to reduce uh, abortion. You know, I still stand behind the, the rape, incest, and the life of the child. Uh, I don't think anybody should ever have to be told. But at the end of the day, you know, how about, you know, people say, I don't want you to, to, to tell me what I can do with my guns, but yet we want to tell a woman what she can do with her hubris. I'll be honest with you. I think it's a decision between the woman and her doctor, and that's where it needs to be. Um. Now, um, you said in, uh, 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 okay, sorry, um, so, uh, if you were elected to the Senate, are you confident, if you had to, that you could work with Donald Trump in an emergency situation? I can work with anybody in an emergency situation. I've been there. Remember, I've was one of the uh, uh, operations officers in the 82nd Airborne Division when we did, when we deployed to Haiti immediately following the, the earthquake that killed over 250,000, left over 100 million, or left over a million uh, homeless, uh, and then need food, water, and medical supplies. Look, I'll work with anybody as long as you put the table with, uh, with, with, with common sense. You know, and make no mistake about it. If you come to the table and you start screaming Chinese virus, I'm going to tighten you up real fast right there and let you know that you're wrong. Um, now you've said in the past you support, uh, uh, you're in favor of, uh, you're in favor of a version of the Green New Deal. Um, if you were elected to the Senate, uh, if Repub if you end up being elected to the Senate and Republicans keep control of the Senate, uh, in 2020, um, is there a game plan to try and get the new, the Green New Deal passed? I don't know. I'm not. I, I'm not. Uh, uh, you know, uh, there. I don't know if there's if there's already a plan set together for things like that. I know that you know. I would absolutely go there and try my best to push legislation to to, to especially to where I'm from to bring in opportunities so that we can transition because I think that we desperately need the ability to transition away from coal. We have to. So I can assure you that, you know, me going to uh, uh, Washington, D.C., uh, I, I don't want Washington, D.C. to rip the plug of coal mining out of the wall on me. I don't want that. Because until we bring opportunities down here for our coal miners to transition, if you rip the plug out of the wall, what do we have? What are my coal miners going to do? They're not going to be happy going to work at Walmart. And, oh, by the way, you have to stand in line to get a job at Walmart. So let's not pull the plug of coal until we can bring opportunities. And maybe that's what will basically uh, uh, convince people to let's get to work on finding those opportunities for these places in eastern Kentucky and all of West Virginia and all over the United States of America where coal mining is still Um, now, in regards to immigration, you said uh, this in regards to voting for Trump in 2016. You said, quote, 
when you hear about illegal immigrants getting benefits, uh, you have uh, uh, people here starving to death and can't get nothing. It's like a slap in the face. And then you go on, you say, uh, when you start talking about bringing in refugees and when they get here and they get medical and dental uh, and they get set up with some feuds, uh, what do we get? So when people hear Donald Trump say... Uh, okay, uh, first, first and foremost, where did you get that from? That was from the uh, a New Yorker article. Well, here's my thing on that. You know, first off, you know, I, I, I think we have to take care of our people. You know, but we don't want our people to do without if you're bringing people in. But make no mistake about it. I support a pathway to citizenship wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly. I think that we can do better in terms of us when we are at war with those that serve side by side with us, like our interpreters. I think that there's no reason why we should not absolutely offer them a citizenship program immediately when they go to work for us. And at the end of the, the deployment, they should be able to come home with us. Uh, I, I want to make sure that our people have, okay? Uh, and, and I don't want to see somebody, you know, come in and, and take it all when our citizens are doing without. But make no mistake about it, I, I feel very comfortable that we can find an equal balance. Once again, we need to put people on a pathway to citizenship because they deserve it. Um. So recent. That's why they want oh, sorry. citizens. Yeah. Um. Recently, uh, there have been reports come out that uh, multiple senators. <laughs> Uh, on both sides of the aisle, both Republicans and Democrats, um, and other congressmen as well, um, sold their stock. Um, Martha Stewart. Martha Stewart them. They, 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 if we're going to send Martha Stewart to prison on that type of stuff, then every single one of those, and I don't care what their party is, Feinstein can also go to jail. Um. So I also want to ask you about your support for cannabis. Uh, obviously, you've made uh, your support for legalizing cannabis uh, a big aspect of uh, of uh, of your campaign and multiple campaigns uh, that you've run in the past. Uh, do you believe that there are other drugs that should be legalized? Uh, in terms, I, I, I don't know, I'm a cannabis guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't, it, you know, I don't see what, now, I got it, you know, you, you hear some places say, if you just legalize all drugs, you know, I, I disagree with that, but, you know, I think that, you know, we know now, there's, there's enough research out there, we know that cannabis can absolutely help people that struggle with so many different illnesses and injuries and, 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 and issues, we know that, that is absolutely proven. And we, since we know that it helps, then why are we not allowing it to help people? And the only reason why cannabis is not legal in, in, in some places is basically because of Big Pharma. Big Pharma does not want you to be able to use something that you can grow because it doesn't put money in the pockets of Big Pharma. And that's where I go back to say how important it is for us to not have legislators and people that are running for offices who are going to look us in the face and tell us they're going to fight for us, but when they get to Washington, D.C., they go behind closed doors with Big Pharma, and they do what Big Pharma tells them to do. You know, I stand so heartily behind. Medical cannabis should be absolutely legalized in all 50 states. People like veterans should be able to get their medical cannabis from the VA. That stuff, I believe, is 100% hard. Now, in terms
Well, that was going to be my other question. Uh, you you believe that if um, at least at least do you believe that uh, cannabis uh, should be uh, legal as at the federal level? But I guess you just answered that. Um, so uh, the next uh, question I have. Um, so uh, right, I know you've said that you want to end. Uh, the Forever Wars, you've talked about that a lot. Um, you, um, many d- uh, Democrats were critical uh, of Trump's, about a couple months ago, Trump's withdrawal uh, from Syria. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? question before we go um i know you said that you uh you were critical of hillary clinton's campaign for president uh in 2016 uh whether it be bernie sanders or joe biden uh do you pledge to support to support either of them for yes 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 i will support anyone uh once again i think i think either one of them would be far better than Donald Trump. I, you know, it, it, it does it does break my heart when you see the hard work that uh, Bernie Sanders has put into the last couple couple races, and you see the reality. The re- the reality is, and I'm gonna tell you this, and I don't care. I think you you can blast this out if you want. When Bernie Sanders did not get the nomination over Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders went to work immediately. For Hillary Clinton. He went and campaigned all across the country telling people, vote for Hillary, vote for Hillary. Now, Hillary lost. Joe Biden's running now. He's picking up all this momentum, all this support. And then all of a sudden, it's Hillary Clinton. And the first thing she says is, no, 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 no Biden. Or no, I mean, uh, no, no Sanders. And the reason why is because this is what everybody needs to know. I'm going to tell you a secret here. And, and everybody needs to know this. You need to share this with everybody. And the truth is, is that neither party really cares about the working class citizen. Because at the end of the day, the people that run both parties, whether it be Republican or whether it be Democrat, they're all in the top 1%. And at the end of the day, 
So at the end of the day, this is all about making sure that <laughs> we don't want to let nobody that wants to make the top 1% ante up. And the sad part about it is, is the top 1%, and to the point of the Republican Party, they have convinced the poor that they are with them. And that's what's really sad. When I see somebody who would never even be allowed to set foot on one of Donald Trump's golf courses flying a big Trump flag in front of their single-wide trailer on the side of the mountain, it looks like it's ready to roll off the side. Because at the end of the day, those people are being used, they're being duped into thinking that they're part of the Donald Trump party, when in reality, we couldn't get two shits for them. Well, thank you again. Uh, thank you again for joining me today, Richard Ojeda. Uh, before you go, do you want to tell people where you can be found, where people can donate to your campaign? Yes, yes, I do. Uh, and I need, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't, I come from very, very poor, like I said, I'm in one of the poorest districts in the country. Uh, I'm in one of the poorest states in the country. Uh, if you vote Ojeda2020.com, once again, vote Ojeda2020.com. I'm running for U.S. Senate against Chattanooga Capito. Uh, and whatever, you can help, if you can help, if you can donate, I would really appreciate it. You can go to, uh, I have Facebook, I've got Twitter. Uh, by all means, find me on there. Just type in Richard Ojeda. Look for the, 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 the blue check mark. Uh, also, with uh, I have a, a Facebook page that has 79,000 followers. I would love for that to pick up. Uh, so, uh, by all means, vote Ojeda2020.com. Check me out. Thank you again for joining me today, Mr. Ojeda. Uh, good luck. Uh, stay safe. Right, thank you. Thanks. Bye. Right. Hello. All right. Can you hear How me, you, sir? I can hear okay. you. How are you, sir? Good. How are you? Good. All right. All right. We'll start in three, two, one. All right, everyone. Welcome back to Politics Weekly. Uh, joining me again is uh, Jeremiah Patterson from the Jeremiah Patterson Show podcast. Jeremiah, thank you again for joining me. Thank you for having me. Uh, just quickly, for those who uh, maybe are new, uh, if you want to tell people a little bit about what you do on your podcast, uh, that'd be great. So in my podcast, uh, I discuss news, politics, and history. I also started this other new podcast called U.S. Presidents. That expands on my knowledge of presidential history, but the coronavirus and also lots of other things. Awesome. Uh, well, obviously this week is, uh, I don't think I need to tell anybody that this week has been a uh, crazy week uh, with all the updates yeah. uh, of COVID-19 um, and a lot of the, uh, the new pieces of legislation that have come out. There's a new scandal involving uh, insider trading, which involves multiple senators and congressmen on both sides. Yeah. We talked about that earlier, a little bit in the podcast with uh, former 2020 Democratic presidential candidate Richard Ojeda. Um, but uh, a, a ton of things. But before we get all that, let's get into a few of the political stories. First of all, uh, Politics Weekly is able to project 
that Donald Trump, the Donald J. Trump, the 45th president of the United States, has become, he is projected to be the presumptive, the presumptive Republican nominee uh, for the presidency. Not much of a surprise here. Of course, he did have one primary challenger, um, Bill Weld, the former governor of Massachusetts, um, didn't uh, do all that hot in the primaries. Uh, Trump easily won. Uh, this Tuesday, he gained the 1.4K delegates needed uh, to secure the nomination. So now we are able to check that Donald Trump is the presumptive nominee for uh uh, for the Republican Party in the 2020 uh, presidential uh, election. Furthermore, we are also able to project that Michael R. Pence, the 48th vice president of the United States, will be the presumptive Democratic nominee, or sorry, the presumptive Republican nominee for vice president of the United States. There were some talks that uh, Pence could be booted uh, for perhaps another candidate, there were some rumors that Nikki Haley uh, would take over for Donald Trump. But as of the moment, it seems that uh, that Mike Pence will remain on the ticket with Donald Trump in the 2020 presidential election. Uh, what do you yeah. make of uh, these two projections? Um, I think these projections have been speculated, especially uh, in the past. It was inevitable again that Trump would nomination. And I guess for Bill Weldon, some challengers that wanted to take on Trump, it was really hard to sort of uh, take down his rhetoric and sort of beat him, especially this is so wrapped up. All right. And on the topic of the 2020 election, uh, and then there were two, uh, the once expansive Democratic primary, uh, which at one point consisted of a total of a whopping 29 Democrats that entered the race in total has now shrunk to just two. Uh, this week, Hawaii Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard uh, announced that she would be dropping out, withdrawing her candidacy from the field uh, for president. Gabbard said in a uh, said uh, in a video on posted all over social media that she wanted to quote unite the party. And for that reason, she was dropping out of the field. Gabbard was considered a long shot from the beginning, as many uh, did not, uh, as many at the beginning uh, did not recognize her from a name recognition standpoint. However, there were a few brief moments uh, of momentum in her campaign. Uh, Specifically, many praised her, either praised her or criticized her for her anti-war stance her opposition to many of the uh, the current foreign wars that America is fighting, which became a centerpiece of her campaign. Uh, other yeah. people, uh, other points, she gained attention for uh, the lawsuit between her and Hillary Clinton, um, as well as the lawsuit with her and Google. Um, ultimately, however, Tulsi Gabbard did not shine in the primaries uh, coming uh uh, coming in fifth, coming in below fifth place uh, in many of the primaries, uh, and e- even after uh, the other candidates dropped out, um, she was pulling behind a lot of the candidates that had already dropped out. Um, uh, she only received two delegates during the primaries, 
uh, that came out of American Samoa, where she placed second behind Michael Bloomberg, um, and she failed to win, to come in first in a single contest. Um, however, Tulsi finally got out this Okay, we're back. Happened there. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, uh, so uh, Tulsi Gabbard announced this week that she would finally be dropping out and endorsing former Vice President Joe Biden for the presidency. Jeremiah, what are your thoughts on Tulsi Gabbard withdrawing her candidacy from the race for president? And what do you make of her endorsing uh, former uh, Vice President Joe Biden? Um, I believe her, her, her dropping out was sort of anticipated, especially at this point. Uh, many people were looking at Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden as the two clear, two clear front runners for the Democratic nomination. I think her endorsement played a big role, especially in part uh, since Biden has been uh, sort of accumulating lots of endorsements at this point. Um, but if she would consider, I mean, if Biden would consider, she may sign on as Secretary of Defense, especially with her anti-war opposition, or maybe Secretary of State. Um, why do you think she uh, stayed in the race so long? I think she stayed in the race to uh, to make a point and also to say that a female can become president and her campaign was ran on sort of great ideological, uh, great ideological standpoints. And I think that's why she stayed in the race so long with her persistence and ambition. All right. Well, uh, let's move on. So uh, this Tuesday, uh, uh, in spite of the current COVID-19 incident, the Demo- uh, three Democratic primaries did go on in Arizona. Uh, Illinois and Florida. There was another one scheduled in Ohio. Uh, The Republican governor of that state, uh, Mike DeWine, defying a judge's order and canceling the primary in that state. However, the primaries in the other two states continued. Uh, The result, Joe Biden uh, seems to have uh, continued to expand his lead over Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders winning all three states easily uh, in the primaries. Bernie Sanders announced later on that he would be, quote, reassessing his uh, campaign for president. Mm. Uh, However, the next day he confirmed that he would not be dropping out. What are your thoughts on uh, the results uh, with the current uh, the current results involving candidates in the 2020 field? So as I previously said, we are seeing lots of endorsements, uh, that Joe Biden is accumulating from this. Um, I do believe that Joe Biden, he right now, he has a high delegate lead over Bernie Sanders. Um, Now, is it inevitable that Joe Biden may get the nomination? That's really is probable, uh, but we are currently still looking at the race right now. But I do believe uh, Governor Mike DeWine of Ohio was right to cancel the primaries because of the coronavirus is such a serious rapid rate as we're seeing cases escalate every day. Uh, all right. Well, let's move on to the next story. So COVID-19 uh, currently spreading around in the United States. Uh, the CDC instituting a 15-day, uh, quote-unquote, uh, stop, slow the spread uh, initiative, that's what they're calling it, um, to attempt to stop the spread or slow down the spread of COVID-19. Um, uh, recently, uh, uh, 
this means that many uh, stores and other uh, programs will have to close. Many schools in many states uh, have been uh, closing and switching to online class for the rest of the year, uh, while other uh, programs such as uh, schools and store or such as theaters and stores uh, are generally being shut down, uh, with many governors ordering uh, movie theaters be shut down by law uh, for this weekend, for this coming weekend. Uh, and many in uh, uh, many governors uh, um, and, and many stores being closed as well, uh, specifically restaurants, uh, which are allowed to be open for takeout purposes. However, uh, most governors in most states uh, have closed the dining halls in most restaurants and fast food uh, restaurants as well. Uh, this has led to a concern about the employees uh, of said restaurants. Uh, Steve Mnuchin, the Treasury Secretary, and Donald Trump announcing a bill that includes payments of $1,000 to Americans uh, that are now out of work because of the coronavirus. Um, uh, in other words, uh, China, on the other hand, uh, is currently seeing a drop in coronavirus uh, as uh, uh, just the other day, just a few days ago, they announced that they uh, that uh, it was the first time in over two months that no new cases of coronavirus had been detected uh, for COVID-19. Um, what are your thoughts on all the measures and what are your thoughts on the response to COVID-19? Um, I do believe uh, that the Chinese government, that that's good, that there are no new reported cases. Uh, but we've also been seeing some, uh, I guess you could say, hostilities uh, in the Chinese government with the uh, brutal, uh, I guess you could say, temperature taking, uh, knocking on people's doors and taking people's temperature. And if they refuse to, there would be retribution for that. But I do believe that uh, COVID-19 is being handled well in other countries. But as far as in this country, uh, there's, I guess you could say, inconsistent testing and we're lacking leadership. Um, in terms uh, of other states, uh, another part of the COVID-19 story, uh, we are learning that multiple governors uh, are uh, signing orders uh, for people to stay at home. Uh, in California, Gavin Newsom, the governor, the Democratic governor, announced that he would be signing a stay-at-home order, which uh, essentially says that uh, every resident of the state must stay at home by law uh, unless they are going uh, to a store or a market or a grocery shop uh, for a set or, or a place for essential services. Other than that, they are not allowed to leave their home. Uh, Illinois, uh, Democratic Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker uh, has announced that a similar uh, order will go into law. And New York Governor, Democratic New York Governor Andrew Cuomo has announced that he will uh, sign an order, a similar order for New York City specifically, uh, saying that uh, uh, people in New York City uh, may not leave their homes unless it is to leave to get in a to get essential services. Uh, what are your thoughts on this order? New York cases are going up exponentially, and also cases around the country and the world. Um, I do believe these orders are great for governors to declare, but what we are seeing is that states are having to 
uh, have people innovate because people are making literally making masks now because doctors we have doctors all over the country that are wearing expired masks and trying to preserve masks because the federal government is not providing. Uh, so multiple states, we have seen multiple states that have declared state of emergencies to uh, prevent the spread of this coronavirus. But we're also seeing a lack of leadership in the federal government providing for the states. Um, all right. Well, why don't we move on then? So speaking on, again on the topic of COVID-19, uh, on top of the recent uh, craziness involving it, uh, there's also come scandal from some politicians uh, in Washington, as there have now, uh, as reports are now coming out, that multiple senators and congressmen on both sides of the aisle uh, uh, sold their stock in the stock market prior to uh, the COVID-19 incident. Uh, four senators are now being uh, accused of this, those four senators being Republican Senator Richard Burr from North Carolina, Republican mm-hmm. Senator Kelly Loafer from Georgia, Republican Senator Jim Inhofe from Oklahoma, and Democratic Senator Dianne Feinstein from California. It's been reported that they sold their stock prior uh, to the COVID-19 outbreak, prior to the uh, recent uh, uh, order uh, by the federal government, the recent request by the federal government this, uh, for uh, people uh, to stay at home for 15 days, um, the, the slow the spread initiative from the CDC. Prior to this, they sold their stock in the stock market, um, which has led to uh, uh, which has led uh, to uh, um, to uh, allegations of insider trading, which yeah. is of course illegal. Um, Recently, uh, lawmakers on both or or prominent political figures on both sides have been calling on some of the senators to resign from their seats. Uh, uh, One of which was Democratic Congresswoman, uh, Minnesota Congresswoman uh, Ilhan Omar, who called upon uh, Richard Burr and others to resign over this. Uh, Another being on the right side. Uh, Republican commentator and conservative activist Tucker Carlson, who also called on Burr and others to resign unless they were uh, able to provide a reasonable explanation. Carlson saying on his show, Tucker Carlson tonight, uh, saying that uh, insider trading uh, in his mind, uh, betraying uh, the country, uh, as he put it, uh, is the gr- in a time of crisis is the greatest uh, crime a person can commit, uh, according to Tucker Carlson in his words. Uh, Jeremiah, what are your thoughts on the recent allegations of insider trading? So the insider trading that I was analyzing here, I was reading up on some articles before the show, but insider trading essentially is illegal. And what we're seeing here is sort of an invitation to corruption. And uh, Senator Co- Kelly Loafer, her, her husband is on the New York Stock Exchange she began selling uh, inquiries, excuse me, equities on January 24th, uh, the day of the Senate briefing from officials, including Anthony Fauci. So what we're seeing here is an invitation to corruption. They are selling their stocks. This is non-public information. So they are selling their stocks with uh, information that they already know that is not public. And so this is technically considered illegal. And it 
they should be resigning. Um, Chris Collins, I remember reporting on that story. Chris Collins resigned and he pled guilty to insider trading charges on October 1st of 2019. So I guess there's some relevance here as we're seeing. Um, in terms of, uh, let's move on then to another story. Two members of Congress testing positive for COVID-19. One a Republican, one a Democrat. Republican Congressman Mario diaz Balart from Florida uh, announced that he had tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, he said in a statement, quote, I want everyone to know I'm feeling much better. However, it's important uh, for, uh, for that everyone take this extremely seriously and follow CDC guidelines in order to avoid getting sick and mitigate the spread of this virus. We must continue to work together to emerge stronger as a country during these trying times. Uh, additionally, uh, one Democrat, uh, Democratic Congressman Ben McAdams from Utah, also tested positive for COVID-19. He said in a, uh, he says in a statement, quote, on Saturday evening after returning from Washington, D.C., I developed mild cold-like symptoms. Uh, in consultation with my doctor on Sunday, I immediately isolated myself in my home. I have been conducting all meetings by telephone. Uh, my symptoms got worse and I developed a fever, excuse me, uh, a dry cough and uh, labored to get tested for COVID-19. Uh, and uh, the following uh, referral. I went to the local testing clinic for the test. Today, I learned that I tested positive. I am still working for Utahns and pursuing efforts to get Utahns the resources they need to continue doing my job from home until I know it is safe to end my self-quarantine. I am do I'm doing my part for all Americans uh, are doing to contain the spread of the virus and the health recommendations we're getting from the CDC and other health experts so that we can recover from public health from this public health threat. Um, both, obviously, as you heard from that statement, McAdams saying that he will self-quarantine in his home. Mm -hmm. uh, Mario diaz Bolart has said that he will self-quarantine in Washington, D.C., in his home in Washington, D.C. Uh, what are your thoughts on these two congressmen uh, testing positive for COVID-19? My thoughts on this is that what we're seeing here is serious. We do know that the coronavirus is very serious or the political term for it, or you could say the, the right term for it is COVID-19. But I do believe this is serious and people should be taking this more seriously because this virus is prevalent. And now that we're seeing members of Congress, uh, essentially political members and also governors and people all over the country and the nation starting to get infected by this virus more and more rapidly, um, this is something to take seriously and to stay at home and follow CDC guidelines as we encounter this. All right. Uh, well, uh, let's move on to the next story. Taking a break from the coronavirus story, uh, Andrew Gillum uh, recently uh, got into uh, trouble. Um, uh, Andrew Gillum uh, was... Uh, 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 recently got into a, uh, a scandal, let me pull it up, um, uh, involving uh, overdose. Um, 
the Daily Mail recently obtained uh, photos uh, from uh, Andrew Gillum. He, if you remember, he was the Democratic no- uh, nominee uh, for governor of Florida in 2018. Um, uh, and it was found with another man who was uh, suspected of overdosing on crystal meth. Um, mm. uh, uh, the Miami Beach Police Department has, has said that the baggies of crystal meth were found on the floor on the hotel in that incident. Um, uh, obviously, these were found. Uh, there were also other pills, uh, prescription drugs that were found in the room. Um, uh, right now, uh, Gillum, uh, th- this has led to allegations that Gillum himself was uh, overdosing uh, or that he was uh, involved uh, in consuming crystal meth. Uh, however, uh, right now he is uh, asserting that it was not the case, um, uh, saying that he was only drinking. Um, the report says Mr. Uh, Majazes, the man who he was with, Aldo Majazes, uh, observed Mr. Gillum inside of the bathroom vomiting. Uh, mm. The report continues. Uh, Miss uh, Majajaj then returned to Dyson, where he tried to conduct chest uh, compressions and called the police. Upon arrival, officers then attempted to uh, speak to Mr. Gillum. Gillum was unable to communicate with officers due to his uh, inhibited state. Uh, fire uh, rescue, this is from FloridaPolitics.com. Uh, Florida Rescue then, uh, quote, rescued a second time to the hotel regarding uh, responded a second time to the hotel uh, regarding quote a welfare check on Mr. Gillum uh, fire uh, rescue stated that he was not in a stable conditions uh, and that his vitals or that he was in a stable con- uh, condition and his vitals were normal uh, Gillum uh, once considered a rising star uh, in uh, the Democratic Party uh, at one point uh, Gillum uh, if you'll remember, Gillum was actually actually had talks with Elizabeth Warren during the time when she was the front runner for the presidency about the opportunity for becoming her uh, running mate should she win the Democratic nomination. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I do certainly I'm certainly now just looking at this story, uh, but I do hope Andrew Gillum is getting better and getting well here. He did say he'd be speaking. He he did say he'd be seeking rehab and some help but i had no uh no prior knowledge of the story but i do hope he's getting better um well let's uh talk a little bit about uh another story uh so right now um this is from a couple weeks ago uh before obviously this uh, covid19 uh story broke um but a uh according to um uh, according to um, one of the uh, uh, according to one of the uh, writers for the New York Times, uh, he uh, met with Andrew Yang, former 2020 Democratic presidential candidate Andrew Yang on a subway. And according to this report, according to what Yang himself said, he is considering uh, another political run, that run being a run for mayor of New York City. Uh, oh, wow. 2021. Of course, the current mayor of New York City is Bill de Blasio. Uh, de Blasio yeah. himself 
will be ineligible uh, to seek re-election next year due to term limits. Uh, uh-huh. Yang now considering a run. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, this is this is astonishing. It's also great. Uh, so we do know that Bill de Blasio ran for president for the 2020 nomination. Mm-hmm. I mean, for the 2020 Democratic nomination. He ran for president and he, then he departed from the race. And so now that we're seeing Andrew Yang, he's departed from the race. Now he's considering running for mayor of New York City. Essentially, this is good information. And I, I believe Yang can do it. All right. Um, uh, do, you, do you think he has the, uh, a, a decent shot at winning? Yes. Um, I think Andrew Yang connects with lots of voters, especially in, especially in New York, especially a city such big on finance and, and economics. So I do believe he has a shot at winning. Uh, all right. Well, let's move on then. Uh, so uh, President uh, Donald Trump uh, on Friday is now declining uh, the idea of a nationwide lockdown to contain uh, the coronavirus, um, uh, unlike uh, recent steps that California, New York, and Illinois uh, have taken. Donald Trump, uh, when asked by reporters, Donald Trump said, quote, I don't think so, uh, uh, when asked if uh, that would be adapt- adopted at the federal level. Uh, he says, quote, essentially, you've done that in California. You've done that in New York. Those are two hotbeds. Um, he goes on to say, you go out to the Midwest, you go out to other locations, and they're watching it on television. But they don't have the same problems. They don't, uh, by any means, have the same problem. Um, uh, he said he would work with governors, but said, quote, I don't think we'll ever find that necessary. Um, uh, uh, what are your thoughts on President Trump saying this? Uh, do you think it's necessary to have a nationwide lockdown, or do you agree that it's not a good idea? I do believe it's necessary at this point that we should have a nationwide lockdown. Uh, we are seeing the federal government lacking leadership, including the president of the United States himself. And so what we're seeing here is states having to order their own national lockdowns because the federal government is not necessarily instituting this. And so what we're seeing here is the president continuously lying to the American people. And I do believe it's necessary that we have a nationwide lockdown because this virus is spreading rapidly. All right. Um, uh, So uh, let's move on to another story. Uh, Sean Spicer, the former press secretary uh, for the White House, uh, is now uh, a White House reporter. Uh, He has now uh, received a press pass to become a White House reporter Um, And he appeared uh, at a White House briefing during Donald Trump's COVID-19 briefing. Uh, He said, quote, Mr. President, two questions, if you would indulge me. Donald Trump uh, pointed at uh, him uh, and he uh, um, and so he asked him questions. Uh, What are you what are your thoughts on uh, on uh, Spicer uh, becoming a House reporter? So lots of, I guess you could say, former people from the Trump White House, lots of former officials from the Trump White House were coming back, including Hope Hicks. She did so a while ago. But Sean Spicer resigned, I believe. Was he resigned or was he fired? Um, uh, who? Sean Spicer. 
Not quite sure. I think he was <laughs> pretty sure he was fired. I'm pretty sure he was. Or, yeah, he might have been let go. Okay. So what we're seeing here is that the, just these people coming back. I'm not so sure why Sean Spicer is coming back into the sort of political spectrum under the Trump White House, but maybe he's taking on Trump and asking tougher questions at this time. All right. Well, let's move on. So Indiana has become the seventh state uh, to postpone their presidential primary. Uh, Republican Governor Eric Holcomb announced um, that the uh, that the primary, which was scheduled to happen on May 5th, will now be postponed until June 2nd um, due to COVID-19, saying, quote, it needed to push to be pushed back in order again, uh, uh, ensure the safety of our employees uh, or to again, ensure the safety of our uh, county employees, our poll workers and the voters themselves. Um, uh, uh, right now, Indiana's secretary of state, Connie Lawson, uh, says that she will recommend that the state suspend absentee ballot rules uh, to allow all Indiana voters to vote absentee uh, if they uh, so choose to. Uh, what are your thoughts on Indiana postponing their primary? Do you think it was the right move? Do you think it was the wrong move? I do think it's the right move because we should not have to decide between our health and also our constitutional right to vote. Uh, we did see over the couple of days that Indiana's cases of the coronavirus has jumped up to 126. So to stop the prevalent spread of this virus, um, I do believe Indiana made a right choice to cancel their primary at this point. All right. Uh, and uh, it is now being reported that a staffer uh, for Vice President Mike Pence has tested positive uh, for COVID-19. Uh, Katie uh, Miller, Mike Pence's press secretary, said, quote, this evening we were notified that a member of the office of the vice president tested positive for the coronavirus. Um, She goes on to say, neither President Trump or Vice President Pence had close contact with the individual. Further contact tracing is being conducted in accordance with the CDC guidelines. This is, of course, coming from uh, Politico, um, uh, uh, Deputy White House uh, Press Secretary Judd Deere continued, quote, in order to keep the entire White House complex safe and healthy, uh, beginning Monday morning, temperature checks will be conducted on everyone who enters the campus. He went to say, mm. quote, as uh, was announced, again, additional temperance checks will be conduct- conducted on individuals who are in close contact with the president and the vice president throughout the day. What are your thoughts on uh, on, on this? Uh, so now that we've seen a member of the vice president's staff being affected by the coronavirus and being infected by this, I do believe that the White House, um, I guess they started becoming more open-eyed to this virus. Um, we, we know that the first reported case of the coronavirus is in November of 2019. Um, so I do believe that the White House is, I guess, they're stepping up and they're being more open-eyed, especially since a member of the vice president's staff has tested positive. Um, all right. Uh, so uh, right now, um, Mike, Pe- uh, Mike Bloomberg, former New York City mayor Mike Bloomberg, 
uh, may have uh, have left the 2020 presidential election. Um, but he's already he's still continuing to lay off more staffers after uh, announcing that he would suspend his campaign and, and endorse Joe Biden. Um, uh, of course, even though he did withdraw from the race, he is forming a campaign to help whatever Democrat wins uh, the nomination for the White House um, in order to attempt to defeat President Donald Trump. Um he announced on Friday that he is folding his massive battleground uh, operation into the Democratic nomination. Um, but he's also announced that he will lay off uh, staffers uh, uh, with, uh, with year-long guarantees of competent pay and health packages uh, over concerns of COVID-19. Um, he said, let's see if I can pull up the statement. Um uh, he said that he will make a, an $18 million transfer uh, from campaign to the DNC. But, of course, a part of this campaign uh, included uh, people that worked for him and being laid off um, by uh, uh, many of his aides are being laid off by, by, uh, by Michael Bloomberg. Um, one of the former aides, uh, Anol uh uh, Amal Jethwani uh, took to Twitter to uh, bash uh, Bloomberg for the decision, quote, saying, quote, I guess it's cheaper to give the DNC 18 million uh, than keep your promises because at Michael Bloomberg just fired his entire staff, including those of us uh, 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 promised jobs through November on his IE. Um, he, uh, she goes on to say, uh, Disappointed I don't have a job. Not surprised this billionaire is a cheating scum. Uh, another one of his aides spoke anonymously to Politico and said, quote, I am disgusted by Mike Bloomberg and his staff. Um, he has left us with nothing, with no health insurance during this pandemic. I have a family and I don't know what we will do at the end of the month. What are your thoughts on this recent, uh, uh, this recent news? So the recent news that the recent news that we're analyzing here um, is sort of astonishing. Uh, we do know here that Mike Bloomberg has left the race, and he's his his presence in the race is still known. Um, he's going to help whoever the Democratic nominee is. Um, but what we're seeing here is the recent reporting is it's very interesting as we continue to follow the guidelines of this reporting. All right. Uh, well, let's uh, move on to the next story. President Trump announcing that uh, tax fi- that the filing date for tax returns will be postponed by three months to July 15th because of the COVID-19 outbreak. The move was announced by Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin, um, and uh, originally it was supposed to the original date was April 15th. Uh, however, uh, um, President Trump uh, 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 has apparently ordered that it be moved to July 15th in light of the scandal. Mnuchin said in a tweet on Twitter, quote, we are moving tax day from April 15th to July 15th. All taxpayers and businesses will have this additional time to file and make payments without interest or penalties. 
Uh, he urged people expecting refunds to file, quote, now to get your money, unquote. What are your thoughts on this? Um, I think for most Americans, this is sort of, I guess, I don't know. It depends on the financial and the mathematical statistical terms of this. Uh, but as we're seeing uh, the case of the coronavirus, go up, this may be a big effect in the tax state currently moving around. As we're seeing Press Secretary Stephen Mnuchin, sorry, Treasury Secretary Stephen Mnuchin reporting this. All right. Well, uh, right now, uh, the House attempting uh, to pass a, uh, a stimulus package, Congress uh, passing a stimulus package. Uh, right now, the Senate is trying to pass a new bill uh, that would give uh, fifty-eight uh, billion. That would give fifty-eight billion dollars in loans uh, to airlines affected by the coronavirus uh, outbreak. What are your thoughts on that? So right now. I'm sorry, could you repeat the question one more time? So right now, um, the news story is that right now there is uh, an attempt by the federal government, or there's an attempt by the Senate uh, to pass a new coronavirus uh, bill. And this specific bill uh, would give $58 billion uh, to uh, airlines affected uh, by uh, the recent uh, outbreak of COVID-19 due to, obviously, Bans on bans and restrictions on air travel. What are your thoughts on that? So as we're seeing here, as reports is, as excuse me, as reports of the coronavirus escalating, I do believe this is a good way to uh, sort of reimburse the airlines that are going to lose money from this. And sort of, I read a couple articles that people are comparing this to the Great Depression and how it could the economy could drop like that. But I do believe airlines should be in reimbursed. But I think another question is, how is the federal government going to uh, make this come to fruition? All right. Uh, well, let's move on to another story. Uh, this poll, uh, this is a recent poll from ABC News and I, uh, IPSOS, uh, which was released Friday, that shows that the majority of Americans uh, approve of uh, President Trump's coronavirus management. Uh, the poll found that 55% of respondents uh, approved of the president's uh, uh, management uh, of the crisis, while 43% disapproved. Um, this is a boost uh, from a week ago, which showed that only 46% of Americans uh, approved uh, of the job President Trump was doing uh, in regards to COVID-19. What are your thoughts on this poll? Um, I do believe the poll is the opinions and the perspective of the American people. Uh, I do not mean to offend anyone here or to just criticize anyone here, but what we're seeing here at the federal government, at the national level, is we're seeing inconsistent testing. Uh, we're, we're, the president is making false promises. He's using the presidential podium to lie and spread misinformation. We are not, there's not been reported factual information. And if we want to get factual information and reassurance as American people, we have to go online and find that ourselves at this point. All right. Uh, well, uh, let's move on. Uh, so um, now a COVID-19 potential drug uh, is uh, being uh, is being tested. Uh, chloro, uh, there's an anti-malaria drug uh, called uh, chloro. Uh, Chloroquine, 
which is now uh, being uh, tested uh, by uh, the FDA to see if this could be a treatment for uh, the coronavirus. Um, Trump said uh, in a statement, quote, this is prescribed for many years for people to combat malaria, which was a big problem and is very effective. He goes on to say it was a strong drug. I sure as hell think we ought to give it another try. Um, Stephen Fauci, um, uh, let's see, da, da, da. Um, so uh, right now under the new right to try laws, uh, which were which was signed into law by President Trump back in 2018, um, uh, people uh, people with coronavirus uh, are allowed uh, to use uh, the uh, the chlorophyll drug, the hydroex chlorophyll uh, chlorophene drug, uh, if they so choose for quote unquote compassionate use. Uh, the FDA has yet to officially uh, approve of the drug. Uh, however, they have approved it for compassionate use for quote unquote compassionate. Uh, use, which which means that in accordance with uh, the 2018 right to try laws, uh, those suffering from COVID-19 may uh, take it in small dosages uh, to attempt to treat. Uh, What are your thoughts on uh, on this recent news involving this potential drug? In epidemiological terms, what we're seeing here is that the president is continuing to spread misinformation because we have not seen proven evidence that malaria can treat COVID-19. And also Anthony uh, Fauci uh, just throwing cold water on President Trump that malaria is a game changer and that it can treat this drug. And the president's lies are sort of cruel as people are thinking that there is a cure to this virus when there currently is not. Um, all right. Um, any other, uh, any other, uh, topics you wanted to discuss? Well, uh, there was just some breaking news as we were doing the interview that vice president Mike Pence and his wife are going to get tested for the coronavirus. And also Italy's deaths have shot up just recently, according to the New York times. All right. Um, uh, what are your thoughts on those? Um, for so for the vice president and his wife to get tested, I do believe that this is we're seeing more seriousness taking place, and this is actually good. Uh, but for Italy's pandemic, the new epicenter, uh, how lessons for the world is changing here. What it, we're experiencing as Italy is heartbreaking, and it is sad as we're seeing cases of the coronavirus escalate, and that people should really be taking this seriously. All right. Well, thank you again for joining me, Jeremiah. Uh, before you go, do you want to tell people where you can be found on your podcast? Sure. So my podcast, once again, it is the Jeremiah Patterson Show. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And also new episodes every Saturday. All right. Thank you again for joining me, sir. Thank right. you.